0: Oh, yeah, Pastor
1: LSU. I said, They ain't ready for the LSU, no, they ain't ready for the LSU, huh? They ain't ready for the LSU, no, they ain't ready for the LSU. Best in the league. If you looking for talent, LSU going hard, but we beat Alabama, then we going out to Florida. Drown the gators. Everybody getting bucked when we step in the state. i this LSU anthem. You know it's a hit. You don't
0: know another rapper to rap two step like this. See me screaming out the window, yelling purple and gold. I'm an LSU fan, girl. You know how we roll now. Back, back and back it on up. Hey, back, back and back it on up. Hey, back, back and back it on. Up. Hey, back, back
2: Bet, bet, the it on up. What's up? Welcome to the Tigers Avenue, the <laughs> second edition of Tigers Avenue Live. Well, I mean, I mean, the song just gets you feeling right, don't it, Zach? Gets you feeling right, getting you ready for
1: bet, some LSU talk, baby.
2: Win. Some LSU talk. I love being live and getting to interact with all of y'all. This is so exciting. Uh, I get thrilled. You know, we were thrilled sure. and pumped when we were deciding to do this, and I was so excited last time, and here I am been. Giddy like a kid all day, ready to do the show. And here we are. And I love it. So, we've had a pretty successful weekend as Tiger fans. We've had some pretty big things happen this past weekend. Major, massive win. Yes, sir. For baseball, men's basketball, and women's basketball. LSU baseball sweeps the weekend series. Played four games this past weekend, two against Towson. Two against Southern. The boys kicked right back from that Louisiana Tech loss, looking really good. Zach, give me your initial thoughts on, man, what you saw, uh, what you liked.
1: Yeah, well, uh, I mean, the offense continued to to play really well. Um, one of the guys that we've been harping on a lot, Braden Joe Bear, he continued to, to, to play really well Ooh. and just hit the crud out of the ball. It was really encouraging to see him play. You know, I know, like in regards to just watching baseball. You know, obviously it it got kind of boring because the games got a lot out of hand, and you're just trying to like get through the rest of the game and and finish. But I think something that's to take from all these, you know, blowout wins, something that's important is you're getting other guys' experience. You know, when you when you have to ask other guys uh, to come in and step up. You know, if there's injuries down the road. of course, we hope hope none of that happens. But if there is injuries down the road, um, you know it's going to be encouraging to see those guys that have been given game experience uh, to come in and and, and take on a, a new role.
2: Man, how about Blake yeah. Money Again, again, man. I mean, it's just so efficient. Um, he keeps his. I mean, as many people as he's striking out, he's he struck out seventeen now, um, in in his first two starts on Friday nights. And the amount of of uh, pitches he has with the innings he's going into is is so efficient. I mean, dude, he's got like 75 pitches in the in the, in the seventh inning, 77 pitches in the seventh inning and, and and last week against Maine, dude, he went into the seventh inning, I think with like he was in the 60s, So super efficient. He's been throwing gas, dude. he's mixing his pitches well. People can't catch up with his fastball. He's throwing this fastball right at 94 miles an hour all game long. Doesn't really seem to slow up. Um, I think you hit the the the, the nail on the head uh, when you talk about Joe Bear. Dude, just so impressive. Beloso, bless his heart. I mean, this is his senior year. You know, he's, he's injured himself. It was an unfortunate accident. I'm sure when he gets back healthy that they will find some kind of way to work him in every now and then. But you, you Joe, Joe Bear has solidified himself as a player in the lineup. And I want to point out, I still think that your best offensive lineup is yet to come because Beloso is still hurt. If you want to have the best defensive lineup, or, or excuse me, offensive lineup out there, dude, you throw Joe Bear in right, and you either put Barry at third or K. Doty at third, you know, interchange those. I mean, I know Barry really hasn't played second, but they've they've said he's had issues at third base, right? So, K Doty played a really solid third baseman last year. So, if he's if, if Barry's struggling at third base, put him at second base. Let him let him play there, and then put Beloso in the designated hit and have Joe Bear out in right field. I mean, I I'm kind of excited to see what will happen when Beloso does get um, healthy, but. Dude, no question Joe Bear has solidified a spot um in, in the in the lineup uh, I mean just so impressive uh he it, I don't know if you're watching the game on Sunday Zach, but they were like we need a dinger we need a dinger and sure enough Joe Bear walks up and gets a dinger it was really impressive and 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 just barely stayed fair uh for for the two run blast the I, I don't know if, you know, everybody's been, you know, you've got a, a certain phrase for a certain person, right? Like with Dylan Cruz, it's the Cruz missile. You know, with Beloso, it's the Beloso bomb. With, with, with Barry, it's the, Jacob Barry, it's the Barry blast. Anyways, with with Braden Joe Barry, I've been putting on our Instagram because I'm the one to run our Instagram account. I've been putting Braden Joe bomb. And I, <laughs> I've got to do Braden Joe bomb more than any of them this season. So absolutely he's he's not leaving the lineup uh Jordan Thompson you know he had a really hard uh game against Louisiana Tech and, and then you saw that kind of continue uh on the Friday game I think he committed at least he, he committed at least one error uh if not two uh but I, I don't I don't remember seeing another one uh after that I, I, there probably, there may have been another one but it's like he picked it up defensively you, you you have a little bit of different look on the infield. Um, Doty was used to playing third base last year, um, and and and, uh, and he was a solid third baseman. Now he's having to play second base. And um, people say, well, second base is easier to play than third base because it's, maybe it's a shorter throw. That's true, but there's also differences between the two positions. One reason one is more difficult than the other in one area, and then there's reasons why one place is easier than the other. But – He's learning a new position regardless. So, you you, you know, when you see that transition, uh, whenever Thompson maybe pitches the ball to Doty and, you know, he kind of puts it in the ground and Trey Morgan – Doty puts it in the ground, short, short hops him, and Trey Morgan can't quite pick it. Um, and then Thompson, he – I I really – I'm not too worried about Thompson. We saw what he could do defensively last year. Um the, the, the errors haven't been I wouldn't say excessive. I think you're correct in saying increase. I think there's going to be adjustments made though and, and correct that. I think Thompson will be he'll be just fine. Uh, I think he'll shake these jitters off. Um, when it comes to Jack Merrifield, um I mean, this is this is a whole new team to him, right? Uh, and he played third baseman at, at LSU Eunice. Uh, but this is a different ball game. This is Division One. This is not LSU Eunice. This is LSU, and you're playing the big dogs. Uh, maybe got some early season jitters, and 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 maybe psyching himself up too much to try to live up to expectations. He'll settle in, and he'll mature into his role, and and he'll be fine.
1: The only thing that I would say to that, Reagan, is, um, you know, I think a lot of what we saw fielding error wise and just the fielding issues period um, you know a lot of that we saw against Louisiana Tech and if oh. you remember Pooh Bear that was a turf field a turf infield and so you know uh, LSU players they're not used to that they're not u- used to a turf infield um, and with it being as rainy and cold as it was I- I'm not giving it ex- an excuse but you know they did shoot themselves in the foot a lot in that game Pooh Bear but uh, I think that also has a big part to do with it they're not used to playing on that field um, and I think that's where the major that, that that is where the majority of your errors came from was in that game. You know, I think uh, what Reagan said hit the nail on the head. You know, a lot of it is just it's a whole different infield with Jack over uh, in, in the hot corner, and then now Kay Doty has moved from third to second. You know, so they're gonna have to adjust to those things. You know, Thompson's been. Uh, Kind of a a little bit of a disappointment here recently early on the season. I expect him to clean that up because he looked really good last year uh, fielding-wise. He didn't really make a whole lot of mistakes last year for the most part. And so, you know, I expect some of that to get cleaned up just as the year goes on and these guys play together a lot more.
2: Let's talk a little bit specifically about the games uh, themselves. Um, Friday night uh, against Towson. Six to nothing win, Zach. What are your, you know, maybe initial? Let, let's do this. Let's talk about Towson as a whole, uh, first game, second game, and then we'll talk about Southern, first game, second game, first game against Towson was six to nothing. Second was eleven to one. Uh, what was the difference in those those games? There, um, I will say that the Friday night game, the Friday night Friday night game, worried me a little bit because we had the hard loss against Louisiana Tech, and and your your production wasn't quite there. And Ray Morgan went, I think, 0 for 4 or 0 for 5 against Louisiana Tech. And then Friday night, you, your guys jump out early, first, second, third inning, and score six runs, and then there's nothing else again. And it felt like, okay, maybe good pitching uh, can really stun this, this lineup. Uh, but that wasn't the case for the second game. It was 11-1. to Give me your thoughts on the first game against Towson and, and maybe Towson as a whole.
1: Yeah, so I think the majority of the Friday night game, I think definitely you you have to look at Blake money and just the performance that he had, you know, he played really well and and pitched really well. You've already, you've already talked about that a lot, you know, maybe, maybe a part of the Friday night game, you know, was once they had gotten up and and gotten that six run lead, they they let off the gas a little bit. They knew it was Townsend. They knew Blake was pitching really well and, and they didn't have to really Keep their foot on the gas because of how well he was pitching and, and and just really running the entire game. So I think that was probably part of most of what happened on Friday.
2: Yeah, probably so. And and I mean, in situations like that on Friday nights, you you know you really maybe don't have to have as many runs. Uh, if you got Blake Money, you know, pitching the way he is, if he continues to do that, you don't have to have ten runs on Friday night. Yeah. Because <laughs> he's pitching so well, but I will say Trey Morgan went zero for two that night and was you know over the last two games I think it was like zero for six and I was like oh my goodness gracious Trey Morgan ain't hitting six at bats what are we doing I mean I feel like he hits every other at bat so to see him go six at bats in a row and not hit was a little concerning but I wasn't too worried about it after uh, after we came out the rest of the weekend and it looked like. We were back to our offensive self, uh, namely, you know the the second Towson game. You you put up uh, eleven runs uh, um on Towson on Sunday morning. Uh, I mean, you you really like to see that turnaround there. Dylan Cruz was was two for four against Towson uh, that game. Dude Jacob Berry uh, uh, was three for four against Towson on Sunday morning. Had probably the hit one of his better games of the season. And Of course, Joe Bear was three for four as well and and, uh, and, and played really well. Um, dude, one thing we've got to talk about this weekend is Alex Malazzo and his production in the lineup. He did not hit a lot per se. He did get a few hits, but he created a, a, a production at, at the eighth spot in the lineup. I mean, you had guys before him getting on – uh no outs you'd show up to alex milazzo and he yeah. would lay down a great bunt and he would advance the runners. I mean yeah Alex was really doing some good things down in the eight hole of this lineup. I don't know about you, but if that continues to happen, I I want Alex Malazzo to absolutely stay in that spot because he he moved runners to put them into scoring position and put you know, not only one runner in the scoring position, but two runners in the scoring position with less than two outs. So, um, I really liked what he did this weekend.
1: Something to mention that Reagan, because uh, I've I've been I've been hard on Milazzo. Would you prefer McManus to come to be in the lineup and and be an offensive spark? Because I feel like if, if McManus is in the lineup. They're not asking him to lay down a bunt. They're they're asking him to swing away. It feels like they are using Milazzo as the setup guy, which I'm fine with. I'm fine with them using it as a setup guy. If they know his strengths and weaknesses and they know that hitting for him is a weakness and they want to keep him in the lineup so that they have the defense there. Um, and and the defense is more solid. I'm fine with that. But what, what's your take on that? Would you, would you prefer to see me? Manus, so that you can uh, maybe get the swing away more, or would you prefer to see Milazzo and him just take that out?
2: Like I said, if Milazzo keeps, if, if opportunity, it felt like opportunities kept arising for Milazzo to do exactly what he did. And if that's, if that keeps happening and they leave Maryfield, that's the thing though, is, is they left Merrifield in the nine hole so that, okay, now we have these runners on. Milazzo's at the eight. Yeah. And you can move them over. Now you got Jack Merrifield at the nine, who can hit, and and he did. I mean, malazo would move move the runners over, and Merrifield came through. He got the RBI. Uh, I, I know at least one time he he grounded out, and he he got one of the runners home. And then there was another time he hit he he, he got a hit and drove in both runners. Uh, so that was, I mean, the fact that that happened twice like that was was impressive to me. Um, so. I would leave Milazzo in just just me if that keeps happening. I, and I would leave him at the eight spot because I mean if you can get the way it works, right? If you got if you got um I think it was is Dugas right before him and then um it's like Joe Bear, then Dugas, then Milazzo. Maybe maybe that that may be no, it's Jordan Thompson, Dugas, and then Malazzo, I believe. It's something like that. But you got two guys before Milazzo that can hit. And if those two guys are due up and then and then it's yeah. Wazzo and they both get on and you have no outs, dude, lay the sack bunt. Lay the sack bunt, move them over. Then you have Jack Merrifield who can hit and bring them in, and then you're back to the top of the lineup. So, yeah, I, I love what Jay Johnson is, is doing there with putting him in the eight hole. Uh, he is utilizing him in a way that can make the lineup the most effective.
1: Here's what's been the difference, Reagan, you know, I think what I really love about what Jay Johnson has been doing is he's been helping uh, surround Milazzo with support so that it, it's not like last year where you had the, the first five guys and then there's a huge drop-off after the first yep. five. You know, you're you're expecting outs after you get past those first five. Now yep. you are surrounding Malazzo with with some hitters. Um, where you can be able to work around him and, and set him up and, and put him Correct. in a better position to lay down Correct. a bunt, uh, you know, and, and they're and they are they are okay with that. We, we've we've Correct. seen that because of how many times he bunted, I believe, in the Sunday morning game. I'm pretty sure he ended the game zero for zero. I, I, I could be wrong with that, it might have been zero for one or what. Or, 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 I'll check it. Or one for one. I can't remember that, but yeah, he. It was the the morning Malazzo game, was zero yeah. zero. but um, you know, he was sacrificing. A, yeah, he was he was zero for zero to end the game, and that's because they had him sacrifice a lot. And, and, and I'm okay with that. It seems you know coming the season, you know, we were really high McManus because we we had been told you know that he's going to hit. He could go yard a lot. And we're like, we'll put in McManus. You know, he he can hit. We know that Malazzo is probably the best defensive catcher in the country, but it's hitting was 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 one of his biggest big weaknesses last season. Right. Um but with Jay Johnson it seems like he's been able to counteract that weakness that Malazzo has. And so right. I'm I'm all for keeping Malazzo in the lineup if you can continue to use him and produce him in that way, but I do think, you know, if you're in some games where the offense isn't going well and you, I think you've already seen this some with Jay Johnson, Wh- whenever the offense isn't doing well and they need somebody to come in and hit. He'll pull guys and and replace them. He's done that. He did. He's done it with with Milazzo and McManus. He so did it against
2: Latte. Overall, yeah, um,
1: yes, yeah. So I, I'm I'm totally fine with that, and I really like the way that Jay Johnson has handled that.
2: Yeah, and I, I mean that's kind of like his coaching, you know, niche, right? Like that was that was what we we're told he was supposed to do, is he creates offense. He's an offensive-minded coach, and that's exactly what he's doing. And you're 100% right. He is surrounding Malazzo to set him up to be successful in that way, to utilize him in that way. And it's working out really well so far. So, absolutely, you leave him in the lineup right there. Um, if there's a game where you're yeah. struggling, yeah, sure, throw my up. Mick out there, if you're not getting things going on uh, and you can't get things rolling and you need him in, in, in a later inning – you know, say it's the sixth inning and and you've only drug across one run and you're down, you know, two, three runs. Yeah, you probably put McManus in at that point, uh, unless the two guys before him hit without getting out. <laughs> I mean, then I would still leave Milazzo in because then you can move two runners into scoring position with one out. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, if, if, if nobody's hitting and it's dragging, you're down two, sure, put McManus in. The thing with McManus before the season is is we weren't really told any much about his defense, and so, and we were hearing him a lot about how you know good things about him. So we assumed he was pretty solid behind the plate. And I mean, you know, no disrespect to him at all, but I mean, he did he has struggled uh, behind the plate at times when 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 he was in. I mean, uh, you see drop balls, you see pass balls. I mean, when he's he's thrown a few times, it's it's kind of been a wild throw, and and man. Malazzo is just a an well, asset exactly, when it yeah. comes to, to defense, and so if you can keep utilizing him, no question. Um, and now, let's now the Jaguars. I mean, the Jaguars. I don't know if, if we can really say much. Neither of them are really ball games. Uh, I mean, the the first game was close for a while. For the first few innings, it was like okay, uh, and they actually took the two zero lead, and it was like you know okay, what do we <laughs> let's respond? And then they and then LSU rattled off nine runs and ended the game nine to two. And then man, Sunday night was just a route. I mean, it was, I mean, we run ruled them 15 to nothing. And in the fifth inning, the entire lineup yeah. was, was different. Um, so maybe not too much to say there, but yeah. pitching wise, um, we've talked about money. Uh, Mikael, mikhail looked really good. And you can give your opinion on this. This is my brief opinion on Mikael. He looked really, really, really good the first 3 innings then struggled the 4th. And that was my take on it. I mean I mean really. Um if we can get some more consistency out of Mikhail, uh I'm okay uh with with what he's yeah. been doing. Uh Floyd, you, you kind of saw a lot of fastballs again and he didn't he didn't pitch bad though. And and we won the game, so I'm not too upset about it.
1: I mean, I don't really have much to say on on Mikhail, uh you know you mentioned it. it's been a little bit inconsistent at times and the the only thing that i can think of is he's just so used to that sunday role and i've been saying this for a while now you know i think he is best in that sunday role it seems like saturday is going to be his role moving forward but you yeah. know if, if they continue to continue to see some inconsistency out of him and and, and if they continue to see him kind of get get a have a crooked number, you know, in an inning or two, you know, maybe we see that change. I would like to see that change yeah. personally. Of course, you know, that's, that's why I'm doing a podcast and Jay Johnson is the head coach. But <laughs> um, I just really think he, he he serves best in that Sunday role to get a win. You know, whenever you're one and one in a series and you go to the Sunday game and you have to get a win and win the series, putting Mikael Hilliard in that Sunday role – puts LSU in a fantastic position to win the series because Mikhail against a lot of Sunday starters, LSU is going to have that edge almost every time. Yeah. And so th- that's just my take on it. We'll continue to see how things progress again. It is, it is early in the season. Guys are still getting their bearings. Guys are still, you know, getting used to playing live again and, 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 and in games. So we'll see um, how the rest of the season plays out with Mikael. But so far, I still have liked what I've seen.
2: I agree with you. I, I do. Now, Jay Johnson's the coach. He makes his decision. But like you said, man, you have an advantage on Sundays when he's on the mound on a Sunday because there's not many teams that have three pitchers that can go out there and beat Mikel on a Sunday. Um, in due time, that may happen. But for now, uh, I like what I've seen so far. But – they took care of business, and that's what mattered, and the offense continues to roll. Uh, we're, we're seeing what we've been told. Uh, all right, let's move from baseball to the hardwood. The LSU basketball Tigers get a win at home against the Missouri Tigers, Xavier Pinson's former team. I loved the, the, the post from LSU basketball's official Instagram. They said, we're, we're glad that he's our Tiger
1: yeah a little salt there a little salt in the womb there from uh LSU Twitter
2: absolutely I loved it I loved it um and we are we are glad he is an LSU Tiger he's been great this year um really made things happen for our offense and uh, it was a great win really the, the first half was close Zach but boy oh boy the second half looked really good give me your thoughts on on, on Saturday's win against Mizzou
1: it was a must-win. You really had to have it. Uh, you know they they've they've had a rough go of it in, in the last few games. Lost a lot, as we know, and we have talked about. It seems like at nauseum. But this was a win that we mentioned in the last show. You have to win. You have to win this game. Yeah. Um. You've you've got one more road game in Bud Walton uh, against the Hogs, and we'll bring uh, Ben Brandon on here soon to talk to discuss that matchup. And then you have to go back home and play alabama and i think against bama that that has to be a must win as well it feels like they're all must wins um but for sure the last one the last two at home this one against mizzou and the one against bama they're must wins and so i really don't have much to say uh other than you you needed to dominate this game you needed to show that you were the the better team and just um Prove that you were the team that we've seen in the past. Whenever they were going, you know, fifteen and zero, and whenever they were seemed like they were going about to dominate the SEC. So um, it it was good to see. I'm glad that you know we we scored a lot offensively. Of course, a lot of that is due because of the opponent you were playing. Um, It was good to see Tari get going again after having a really tough game and a really tough outing against Kentucky. Um, And so it's encouraging moving forward. But you're going to have to buckle up because they're going to have to go to Bud Walton against Arkansas and the Hogs on Wednesday.
2: Yeah, that'll be a tough game. I loved what I saw from LSU in the second half. If LSU will play basketball like they did in the second half of this Missouri team, we're going to be a tough six seed, I'll tell you that, Uh, a tough six seed to play. Uh, you are not going to be happy if you draw LSU at a six seed uh, <laughs> as an opponent. Um, if if they're playing defense like they did, I mean, absolutely swarming in the second half. I, I was thoroughly impressed. It looked like the defense we saw early in the season. That was just it was absolutely relentless. It was almost annoying to watch myself. It was like, oh my goodness, they will not let them do anything. <laughs> They will not. I mean, it was just constant hands. There was movement. They were trapping them. They were causing turnovers. I mean, it was just. I mean, dude, it was just like not nonstop. You know, attack, 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 and and I I really loved what I saw in the second half. I mean, you opened up the second half on a fifteen to nothing run. You went to the 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 break uh, up. 30 to 24, and then you came out and you ran 15 up on them and almost sealed the game right off the bat in the second half. Elite defense in the second half. Tari had a great game. One, one of the great things about this game that I really loved is, yes, Tari scored 18, but, dude, there was a lot of guys who there – were, there were four guys who scored double digits – and and, and uh, Shaquille Shaquille O'Neal, Sharif O'Neal was one point away from being double digit. You you had yeah. Darius Days who put up ten. Dude, Darius Days did not shoot a single field goal in the first half, and then came out and hit like his first four. I mean, red hot out in the second half. Just and and that's that's the thing, right? We are a defensive team, and when you play defense the way we're supposed to, it creates offense. Yeah. that's exactly what happened exactly what happened I mean they 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 caused turnovers they caused live ball turnovers um and, and and Missouri had a hard time getting back and getting us and, and getting squared and, and and lined up to be able to defend lSU and it created offense and and that's exactly what lSU needs to do because that's the type of team they are LSU needs to play exactly like that. Because your defense created your offense. It created energy. It created a, 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 an excitement, a, a, a momentum that drove the offense. And that's exactly uh um <laughs> that's exactly what we needed for this team to spark. Dude, and if they go in there and, and play like that against Arkansas, that would be awesome. But you gotta love that Xavier Pinson was able to to get a win against his former team in the fashion that we did. Tari Eason got rolling. Uh, dude, underrated game, Sharif O'Neal. For dude had a career-high nine points, uh, played great defensively. He He got boards. He had seven rebounds. He was almost to a double-double. I mean, if he had one more point and three more boards, He's sitting at a double-double, and it was the perfect night to do it, right? His dad was in the crowd. He's providing a it's lot of
1: quality minutes right now for LSU. Oh, my goodness. A lot of quality minutes. Dude, if he's playing like that <laughs> on a regular basis, he needs to be in there more. Give him more.
2: Yeah, Give him more. Yep, I agree. Give him more. The, the critique I have for this game is the, the same thing happened. The same thing happened against Kentucky – happened in this game. Very early on, Tari Eason got his third foul. He got his third foul in the the, the second half, and Will Wade did not pull him. Why, why, why early on do you draw a third foul and Will Wade leaves him in to draw his fourth? Why do you do that? When you draw a third foul... Early in the second half, you got to sit for a while. And he left him in, and sure enough, once again, he draws a fourth foul and has to sit darn near the second half.
1: I think part of it, Reagan, is, is because we know this team does not generate a lot of offense, and most of your offense is coming from Tari. And, yes, I do. I, I 100% agree with you. You've got to sit them there. But I think part, part of that is Will Wade, uh struggling his mind of I need offense. I gotta leave my best shooter in. I've got to leave my best scorer in to the game. And so and so maybe that's kind of the, the things that is going through Will Wade's mind whenever Tari picks up that third foul. Because as we know we have struggled mightily on yeah. offense. And so I that's just 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 a little my two cents on, on the, the Tari situation, but I agree he needs to be sad. And,
2: yeah, okay and, and it may have been that right sure. We need to generate right offense. Leave Tarasen. Sure, but against Missouri, I mean, come on. I mean, really, like it. It was during that that hot streak that he got his fourth foul, third and fourth foul. Sit him. You're the rest of your team is working. Sit him. Darius Days is on fire right now. Sit him. He mean. I mean, he comes out in in the in the the beginning of the half, and 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 Darius is on fire. And when you draw your third foul, you sit him. Especially if it's early on in the second half. I mean, you just you just I mean you you can't like like leave him in there, especially in games like we're coming up against Arkansas and Bama. You cannot do that. You have to have Tari Eason in for those late games. And Kentucky was a big game, and you kept him in, and that game finished like a five point difference. That game finished on a five-point difference, and Tari only had five points in the game. If you sat him so he didn't have to draw that that foul and then end up fouling out right towards the end of the game, you may generate some more offense because you saved him later, and maybe you win that game. Anyways, I rest my my, my two cents on that matter. It was a great win. Uh, LSU dominated in the second half. You didn't have to have Tari Eason in for this entire game. Uh, This is just nitpicking a little bit, I guess you could say. But, I I mean, you got to sit him. You got to sit him. What's up, Ben? What's up? We appreciate you joining us for our third and final conversation of tonight. Uh, We're going to be discussing LSU versus Arkansas, previewing this big game going down to Fayetteville, Bud Walton. Ben Brandon, what's up, man?
0: What's up, guys? Can you hear me? Is everything working okay? Absolutely. Yes, sir. All right, okay, good deal. Good deal. Just wanted to make sure. Uh, yeah, huge game uh, Wednesday for both teams, and Bud Walton's going to be rocking. It's it's the final home game of the year for the Hogs. Uh, going to send some transfer seniors outright, I guess, on senior night, hopefully, but excited uh, to be here with you guys tonight.
2: Yeah, man, we appreciate you joining. Uh, we want to get your insight from so, so we're not too biased, right? We, we, get, a, we get an opposing fan in here, sure. uh, one who's going to be biased for the other side. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll ask this for both of y'all. Um, give us your thoughts on, on how you think this game is going to go. What's it going to look like? Uh, ben, if you'll lead us off with that.
0: Okay. Well, these are the two best defensive teams in the SEC. Uh, Arkansas certainly didn't start the year that way, but they're playing that way now. LSU when they're healthy locks up and so um because of that it's going to be ugly it's going to be low scoring uh the first time around obviously LSU wasn't at 100 percent and both teams scored 65 and less so uh, it's going to be probably an ugly slow game not a lot of points scored uh really physical grinded out um which I think plays to LSU's advantage just a little bit because it'll be harder for that crazy Bud Walton crowd, uh, to get into the game.
1: Yeah. I mean, I have to agree with, with Ben, uh, both these teams re- really, really good defensively. I think you see more of that in the game, uh, on Wednesday night, obviously, as, as been mentioned, LSU wasn't at hundred percent health, but these are two completely different teams now. Um, obviously LSU is, is healthy now, but, uh, Arkansas is playing a lot better than they were even when they met LSU at the beginning. Uh, Arkansas had really started to gain a lot of momentum, especially after that LSU win. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, Ben, but I'm pretty sure they've only lost one game since yeah. since then. I think it was uh, on the road at Bama. You know, they've they've mm-hmm. they've gone uh, and beaten Kentucky. They've gone and beaten Auburn, two of the best teams uh, in the nation, two of the best teams in the league, and so they've definitely caught fire. So you know, you're going to see a different game. This isn't going to be um, you know, exactly like the game that they played in the PMAC. Um, I think there is going to be a little bit more offense, even though there is uh, – both of these teams are very do very well defensively. I think there is going to be more offense because LSU has been a little bit more lax with their defense, defense lately. Uh, and, of course, LSU now being 100% healthy, I think you'll be able to provide more offense than you did whenever you played them at home.
2: Ben, I, I gotta agree with you uh, when, it, when we're talking about Bud Walton. You said it's craziness that's going to play a huge factor in this game. Um, I mean, against when when you see Arkansas beat teams like Auburn, teams like Kentucky in Bud Walton, dude, that's intimidating. Uh, I, I mean, if if we think about it, Arkansas has probably had three of the loudest crowds in all of college sports this season, when, when Arkansas beat Texas in the football season, yeah. when Arkansas beat Auburn in Bud Walton and when Arkansas beat Kentucky in Bud Walton, um, it was jumping. It was crazy. There was no doubt. And, and boy, the <laughs> boy, the end of those two basketball games, it, it got pretty jumping on the court. Uh, I mean, why not? Why not? Yeah. This is going to be a huge away game and and the fan base will mm-hmm. definitely be a factor. Ben,
0: Without a doubt, uh, you know, since Eric Musselman's arrival to LSU, Arkansas has the best home record of all the SEC teams, You know, even more than Kentucky and Rupp Arena. You know, obviously I am an Arkansas guy and a little bit of bias with that, but I, I genuinely believe that uh, Bud Walton Arena is the best atmosphere in the SEC and definitely up there with the entire country. Everybody wants to talk about Auburn, and it's incredible, but it's kind of like Tom Hart said – at that Auburn Arkansas game, it's like two jungles in here because Bud Walton is double the size of Auburn Arena. Uh, Tennessee gets rowdy too, and it's a really big place that holds about twenty k. But uh, I think people call it big big game Bud. When there's a big game at Bud Walton, it is truly special. Truly special.
2: Yeah, I I, I don't know I, I don't know if I can get behind that Auburn is. <laughs> Auburn's pretty nuts. I mean, they got it the, is. the student section right there on the court. I yeah. understand, like, yes, there's more seating, but like, mm-hmm. Auburn did that for a reason. Like, they, they did their seats. They anyways, but and they're yeah, definitely I can, more. I can more understand consistent. how more people can make more noise though. Yeah, sure. yeah.
0: They, Auburn is definitely more consistent with bringing yeah their yeah. Their, their their best atmosphere. You're uh, just saying but,
1: overall in the big games, you believe but Walton brings a little bit more. Game, but. We, we have
0: a little bit of a wine yeah. and cheese crowd. that <laughs> you know,
1: they, they feel like that
0: if it's not a top team, then, you know, they're not really worry, you know, worthy of, of getting crazy
2: for. So that's part yeah. of it. Yeah. Look, I, I got to be honest. Um, Shout out to the Balcony Bengals for trying to revive the Death Dome, the PMAC. Um, I'm not even going to sit here and, and lie. The PMAC is dead as a doornail sometimes, and it, mm-hmm. it's, pretty, it's pretty blech. Um, <laughs> we we got to do something about that at LSU. So mm-hmm. shout out to the Balcony Bengals for, for trying to revitalize the PMAC and, 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 and get some rowdiness going on in the PMAC because we need it. We mm-hmm. need to be like Bud Walton. We need to be yeah. like all. <laughs> if our boys can play solid defense without fouling out early, they could keep it close. But I've watched the last few Arkansas games, and they are on fire, no doubt. Look, and namely, Jalen Williams. Yeah. Jalen Williams has been playing his best basketball uh, since the LSU game. I mean, has been uh, been an incredible big, and it really worries me uh, at that point of the game in, in that in that part of the game uh, with, with Jalen playing y'all's five because um, Efton is big, he's long. Um, he's not gonna be as physical as Jalen as Jalen yeah. will be. Jalen will, will will probably be a little bit more, will be more physical than Efton mm-hmm. will be. Um so I think we're gonna see a lot of Tari Eason uh, yeah. on Jalen Williams because cause Tari's a lot more physical and just a better defender right now. Uh I think Efton has a lot of potential when it comes to defending mm-hmm. with his length and size. But Ben, tell me a little bit about Jalen Williams here here lately. I mean, just been incredible. Yeah probably the most most improved player on his team and probably the MVP sure. season so far.
0: Yeah. Well, he's the most important player. Uh, I don't think he's the best player, but he's the most important player. Uh, J.D. Note is leading the SEC in scoring, and that guy has been on fire. But Jalen's the most important player. Um, yeah. Truthfully, he's got a long way to go defensively when facing a true big man. I mean, Oscar – was incredible on Saturday, which he's good against everybody. But even Colin Castleton in the midweek game last week kind of had his way with Jalen. So he's not really your typical five-man at all. Uh, He's an incredible passer. He's going to be at the top of the key. Uh, He'll catch kind of in the mid-range area and drive to the basket almost like a guard wheel. Uh, So he's really a very – kind of odd big man but obviously he's going to take the charges which some people have a real issue with i don't know why it's a part of the game is the charge call broken in college basketball of course it is but it's a see. part of the game he, you know <laughs> hey quit leaving your feet you know so uh he's been incredible he's averaging a double double in in uh in sec play this year he i think he needs 30 rebounds in these last two games to get a double double for the whole season so uh, but you're right, he is very, very physical. And as far as Efton Reed goes, um, you know, he's a freshman. You need a little seasoning. Jalen was definitely soft last year as a freshman, right. and uh, he's obviously come a long way. Uh, he's been incredible and uh, really a lot better than I expected. Uh, I knew, obviously, yeah. he was going to be taking over the reins in the paint, but um, to make the progress he's made has been unbelievable.
1: Yeah. Ben, what should uh, LSU fans uh, see see differently here from from the Hogs? You know, obviously – LSU fans, we don't keep up with the Razorbacks as much as we do our Tigers, but sure. you know we we know what happened in the last game at the mm-hmm. P-Mac. What, what do you what do you want to tell the LSU fans that uh, just to expect here from the Hogs as they play on Wednesday?
0: Yeah, well, the biggest thing from Arkansas is consistency is so much better. Uh, if if you remember, you know LSU built a few leads in that first game and then they held the Tigers to like four points over the last nine minutes. So it's definitely a lot more consistent Arkansas team. And then I think the biggest thing is, is JD note has under finally understands that when he gets downhill, the entire team is much better. Uh, obviously he has limitless range. You know, they, they say that he shoots from the hog snout at center court and, in, uh, in Bud Walton during games. But uh, when he gets downhill, he gets guys in foul trouble. He gets dumped downs for Audie's Tony cutting or a layup for Jalen Williams. Um, and he gets guys kind of playing off of him a little bit, and then that opens up his jump shot. Whereas early in the season, man, he was taking a crossover and just chucking like crazy. And so wow. that's the biggest thing. Watch for Notay to be getting downhill a lot more, a lot more pick and roll stuff to where uh, he can
2: get into the paint. Zach, what's what are going to be the keys um, to this game for LSU to pull off this upset? Because there's no question this will be an upset if LSU wins.
1: Well, you know we we've talked about Jalen Williams a lot. I think something that has to be done is uh, Efton has to have a big game. Now I'm not talking about offensively um, because he he hasn't you know been the offense for this team. Uh, I think he has to have a really good game defensively he has to stay out of foul trouble LSU themselves need to stay out of foul trouble uh, as we know Tara Eason has been having some struggles with that recently um, I expect you know Sharif to come in and as we said he's, he's given LSU a lot of quality minutes you know I, I would love to see him come in and, and do very well in the paint against Arkansas's bigs and then obviously you didn't have Xavier Pinson in the, in the first game how big of a role is Pinson going to play in this game you know he put up 26 points, I believe it was, against Kentucky. You know, the dude went off. Does Mm -hmm. he continue to lead this team offensively? Uh, Obviously, we know he is going to facilitate the offense. Can Arkansas stop Pinson from helping this offense be facilitated? I expect this game to be close, but I think – in the end, Arkansas is going to win with the home advantage. You know, they're hot right now. LSU's kind of – they've been struggling. That You know, they, they've won the games that they've kind of needed to win since Pinson has been back. But they've also, you know, lost Kentucky. They, they also lost South Carolina. You know, I know that wasn't like a super bad loss, but that was a loss you really didn't expect to see them have. So, you know, it's been very inconsistent. So, you know, as Ben mentioned, Arkansas has been consistent. Um, we need to see some more consistency out of LSU. Definitely limiting the fouls, definitely limiting Jalen Williams down low. And then somehow you've got to contain J.D. Note. You're not going to stop J.D. Note, but uh, you need to at least contain him somewhat.
2: The key to this game for LSU is uh, they've, they've got to play defense like they did against Missouri in the second half that we mentioned earlier. You can't allow Arkansas to get you into the front court. you got to get them in the back court, trap them, cause those live ball turnovers like LSU does so well because that leads to LSU's offense that is one of LSU's that is the way LSU produces offense is defense you can't allow them to just come and settle in in the in the in the, in the front court and, and and go to work with Jalen and, and JD note you, you've got to be aggressive uh, and, and press uh, that's what they do best and, and it seems like that's what it's worked running a running a 2 or one or, 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 or one two two 2 whatever it may be, has worked best for them. And when it comes offensively, you've got to create good quality shots. You can't just rely on uh, pulling up a jumper, pulling up a three, because we are not a shooting team. We are not a shooting team. There's no question about that. We don't have a, a, a true shooter. So you have got to find a way to move the ball and get quality shots. Ad, I think, said it best in the episode he was with us. Quality shots will eventually start falling. Mm-hmm. So, and, and that's one of LSU's main problems is when their defense hasn't been rolling, then they come right back down and they take a poor shot. Don't allow your, you know, your your defense, your poor defense, to come right back down and cause poor offense. You need to, uh, uh, Zach, uh, and one of our other episodes said, episodes said that it were they're interwoven. Allow your defense to create offense. Uh, and 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 get in the paint. We do that the best. Allow Tari to get in the paint. Let 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 Xavier drive and draw those fouls like he does so well. And every now and then he can be really acrobatic and make some incredible layups. You got to limit J D. Notte as as much as possible because uh, against Kentucky he dropped thirty. Am I am I right in saying that Ben was it thirty points?
0: Yeah, he had he had thirty on the dot. Yeah, thirty.
2: Yeah, I mean. Phew. And you're going to be in 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 front of this Bud Walton crowd. You got to find a way to, to calm your nerves, uh, not allow to it to allow allow it to affect your game as much as possible because it's going to play a factor. And and my biggest issue, you've got to hit your free throws. You've got to hit your free throws. I I don't know what where LSU is at when it comes to the SEC and their free throws, but they ain't they ain't even in the top half. I mean, it's been pretty pitiful here lately. <laughs> And, and those are free points. You have, you have got to hit free throws. Uh, there's been a few games that if, if you hit free throws, you probably win the game. Uh, namely, the South Carolina game, a game we should not have lost. A, a game yeah. where you are clearly the better team and you miss way too many free throws. And if you hit half of the ones you miss, you win the game. So those are my thoughts on, on what it's going to take to win. It's going to take a whole lot. You're going to play one of your best games this year to beat Arkansas in Bud Walton. Ben, what are your keys to the game for Arkansas for them to hold off the mighty fighting Tigers?
0: Yeah. Before before I get to that, you're saying LSU shooting free throws in the SEC. In SEC play, LSU is 12th. I just yeah. looked that up. I just found it. So, there you go. Definitely the bottom half. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, so, for Arkansas to, to win this game, a couple things got to happen. Uh, the first time around – Uh, the hogs had 19 turnovers against lsu lsu forces a ton of them Uh, lsu is number one in the country in steals like lsu has more steals than any other team in college basketball they're averaging the most per game so you got to take care of the ball if you're arkansas which they've done a lot better job of that obviously during the winning streak but especially uh, of late and and so you can't let them get out in transition obviously lsu has athleticism and that, that's an area where I think they're probably a little bit better than Arkansas at is obviously Arkansas brings the physicality, but LSU is extremely athletic. And then here, here's the big one. And this has been the case with Arkansas versus LSU for three years now. Um, and probably LSU fans would say, this is the case for LSU all the time. Okay. I've got a little stat. This, this is after this, I put this out on Twitter after uh, we played you guys the first time. So since Darius days became a, Regular contributor at LSU, uh, he has played against Arkansas six times. Okay, the record in those games are are three and three. Each team's won three games in the three LSU wins. Darius Days has averaged fifteen point seven points and twelve point three rebounds. Okay, that's in the three LSU wins. In the three LSU losses, he's averaged two point three points and three rebounds. Wow. So for Arkansas, it's don't turn the ball over. Contain Darius Days, however you can do it, because for whatever reason, when LSU wins against us, he has had career type <laughs> days. <laughs> and, and then it's thirdly, honestly. <laughs> yeah. And then and then thirdly, uh we didn't I didn't hit on it. And and but Pinson has given Arkansas issues at Missouri. At Missouri, he gave Arkansas issues. So, obviously, we missed out on him the first time around. He even missed one of the games uh, last year against Arkansas. He gives Arkansas issues. Um, It'll be really interesting to see what Arkansas does defensively because really when the first game changed uh, late in that game, uh, J.D. Notte was getting burnt by Eric Gaines. Devo Davis was getting burnt by Eric Gaines, and he kept getting – Dump offs and layups and getting to the free throw line. And then they switched a six foot six Audis Tony on him, who I think is our best defender, but he's a lot bigger. He's not as quick and he shut Gaines down. So I'm curious if they start the game with Gaines on or with uh, Tony on Pinson. I I think Pinson, you know, obviously he's a little more crafty uh, than Gaines is. So I'm curious how he would do on him. I think that'll be an interesting part is what does Muscleman decide to do? with the defensive matchups. I I think the Hogs keep the streak going. It is a little bit of a trap game. Um, Just because you're thinking about ranked Tennessee, you're thinking about, man, maybe if Auburn can lose and we beat Tennessee, you know, you're thinking maybe SEC title. You're thinking about that. Uh, So it's got a little bit of trap game potential. But you're at home at Bud Walton for the last time this year. It's going to be another great atmosphere, probably not as good as Auburn and Tennessee, not necessarily because of, you know, it not being necessarily a ranked opponent. It's just, it's a Wednesday night at eight o'clock uh, that naturally yeah. it's not going to yeah. be quite as good. Correct. So I'm going to take the hogs in this one, like 71 to 66, maybe, maybe a little more, uh, less scoring than that, but somewhere in there, probably, probably a three to six point game.
1: No, I'm right there with you, Ben. Um, you know, last time they scored 40 uh, 58, LSU did. Um, I, I think they're going to score more in this game uh, because you have Pinson back. But I have to agree. I don't, I don't think LSU is going to win this game, um, you know, just from what I've seen. It, it, I just I just feel like Arkansas is really hot right now and LSU is kind of struggling, trying. trying to find themselves again. It's going to be in the range of Arkansas scoring somewhere in there in the low 70s and I think LSU is going to be probably in the low 60s. I don't expect them to get in the 70s. Ben, we've said this on our show a lot. Uh, When LSU scores 70, it it gets dangerous for the other teams. It gets very dangerous for the other teams. So I don't expect uh, LSU to score 70 here, but I'm right there with you. I think it's going to be a 60-point game somewhere in there for our our, our LSU and and a 70-point game somewhere in there for arkansas (sighs) arkansas
2: <sighs> as much as i hate to do it i mean i guess we all got to agree on this on an lsu <laughs> on an lsu live show here that LSU's we're being
1: real win. we're being real you know good,
2: good grief i may need to be the homer for a second <laughs> no i'm kidding uh I, I i do think arkansas is gonna win this game uh, I, I the atmosphere is gonna be jumping i think it's gonna be a little bit too much for lsu uh, I think Jalen Williams, J.D. Notay is going to do a little bit more than probably LSU can can contain them. I, I think that y'all kind of got it. I think I think Arkansas is going to score probably 75, and LSU probably be at 68. I would also say that this could potentially be – I mean, I know it's LSU-Arkansas, and it's it, LSU-Arkansas, the boot, you know, all that. I mean, we kind of see each other as rivals. Uh, in the sec in some capacity we tend to play close games with arkansas a lot in all sports but i could really see this getting out of hand for lsu in all honesty and i think we could potentially lose by 10 or more but i'm gonna stick with 75 to 68 the hogs win unfortunately ben we appreciate you coming on and putting in all your input let's take a quick break and then we'll wrap the show up Check us out at Tigers Avenue on our Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook at Tigers Avenue. Also, don't forget to go check out Five Star Hero. All his music are on the major platforms, and his merchandise is on his Facebook. Five Star Hero.
1: Guys, we want to encourage you to go and check out our website at tigersavenue.podbean.com you can find the playlist to our YouTube, as well as all of our latest episodes on the front page. If you go to the pages link, you can find Five Star Heroes merch and all of his beats that are available on Apple Music and Spotify. If you go to our sponsors, you can see all of the sponsors that support Tigers Avenue and check out all of their info. If you check out the Tiger Times page, you can go and see all of our games that we've attended at Alex Box Stadium, Tiger Stadium, and the PMAC through the years. And if you click on the support page, you can go and find the QR codes for our Cash App and our PayPal to support Tigers Avenue. Again, all of this you can find at tigersavenue.podbean.com.
2: All right. We appreciate y'all listening. You can go follow uh, Ben on Twitter at Ben Brandon Hoops. He actually is a writer for SB Nation's Arkansas Fights. Um and, and and go follow him and uh, LSU fans I know it, it's it's a tough pill to swallow to go follow an Arkansas fan but he's a great guy Ben is a great guy that's it for this show we really appreciate y'all listening your continued support go check us out on all our social media on all platforms and we'll see you next time for Tigers Avenue on Friday night at 9 p.m. Five Star take us out peace.
0: Hey, who that bastard? Who that who that bastard? And the LSU tigers, LSU tigers. Who that who that bastard? Who that who that bastard? Who that who that bastard? And the LSU tigers, LSU tigers.